Welcome to The Lens with me, Sarah Travers. The Lens is a business in the community podcast in partnership with One Young World. And I'm delighted that my guests today are Will Major, Chief Change Officer at Unum, a leading employee benefits provider that offers expert health and well-being support and financial protection through the workplace. My second guest is Madeleine Debney, co-founder and CPO at Auto Finance, an innovative company that helps people develop the knowledge and confidence they need to take care of their financial health. Now, in this episode, we will explore how firms can cope with big changes within their business and the changing face of health, be that physical, mental, emotional, or increasingly important right now, financial health. To find out, let's get into the conversation. Will, Madeline, welcome to The Lens. So, Will, can we start with you, first of all, if you want to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and how your career has developed to bring you to the role of Chief Change Officer at Unum? For for my career, I started off in finance. I'm a a qualified management accountant. The majority of my roles in finance were were problem-solving roles, um, commercial negotiations, providing financial support for new initiatives, and generally trying to improve overall commercial and customer outcomes. Um, During my career, I worked for BBC, Sainsbury's, Accenture. I tried tried by setting up my own business um, before moving into insurance um, 15 years ago where I started with Prudential. Um, And at the beginning of this year, I joined joined Union. There was one role or opportunity that came up that, that really changed my career, and that was moving to Mumbai with my family and running Prudential's offshore capability centre. We had around 800 people in, in, in that business um, with a range of capabilities and experiences, and we supported all parts of the Prudential group. And it was just an amazing experience, both personally and professionally. It, we were in Mumbai for sort of just shy of five years, um, after which we moved to um, Ho Chi Minh City in Vietnam, where I worked um, again for Prudential, and I was the the leading transformation, so responsible for IT, digital, data and change. Um, and then after that, I moved to the Africa business in Prudential, um, where I did a similar role that I was doing in, in, in Vietnam. I suppose all of those roles and experiences just, just gave me a huge um, opportunity and learning around setting up change functions, leading large-scale change programmes and launching digital health and wealth applications. And, and sort of importantly, understanding the value and importance of data. And obviously, Unum, as I said at the start, is is one of the UK's leading employee benefits providers. Um, and, and, and employee benefits and looking after employees is what we really want to discuss uh, today. I'm going to come back to you on that in a minute, Will. But let's meet Madeline now. You've had, um, you know, a different career um, to date, Madeline, if you want to tell us a little bit about that. But I'm absolutely fascinated by what you founded, Auto Finance. So please tell us more and how it all came about. Yes, so would love to. I started my career at Fidelity, which is a global asset management company. I was there on the grad scheme and then found my way into digital, which I loved. I was very much there at the beginning of the sort of big digital transformation programs that a lot of the larger FS institutions went through and just found uh, creating digital, digital products, digital experience, really fascinating. Um, and I was very engaged by it. At the same time, I was also helping a lot of my girlfriends who 
had just also got grad schemes and corporate jobs for the first time and were completely confused by pensions and what to contribute to their pensions and the ISA or should they invest, should they save. But it was a really interesting way to understand how you have this group of people who are highly educated, have amazing, amazing career trajectories, just cannot get help with finance. You have to have, you know, let's say a hundred thousand investable assets for an advisor to want to talk to you. There's a lot of people who um, are well, well under that and yet need help. And so this is where um, I really start to think about how I wanted to solve this problem. I started playing around with building like little solutions myself. And then I met my co-founder, Jan Thomas. He's an investment banker, very like passionate about finance. He was the one that his friends um, always went to for help. So it kind of like really confirmed to us that this isn't just a one-off problem that we're seeing. This is more systemic. So yes, we formed Otto and the, the principle behind Otto is to make financial health accessible to all. And we often feel that poor financial health permeates into all areas of your wellness. Wellness You often treat um, the symptom, not the cause, which can be like financial stress and anxiety. We've been going now for two years. We want to make premium financial care much more accessible, but ultimately our goal is to create amazing technology that really negates the need for humans in a lot of the conversations around finances, but saving that human interaction for the really high value add, the more emotional, the more complex pieces around finance. I'm so impressed by your mission statement here. I think of, of the time that I graduated from university, went into my my first job. Yes, I went, oh, pension. I wonder, do I do that yet? I don't really have the money to, to invest into that. But the fact that you were meeting like that regularly with your friends, I mean, did they... Did they have money to invest already or were they sitting like everyone else wondering how to make ends meet with their their salary every month? Yeah, I think I think what you said is is interesting. Like my first um, role at Fidelity was on the pension call center. So all graduates have to take customer like facing uh, roles. And so I was in the pension call center. So I learned a lot about pensions at the age of 22, which was actually pretty useful. Um, but I also saw firsthand what happens if you get to your late fifties and you're only now kind of looking at pensions. Like, you know, people were crying down the phone to me because they realized that they simply couldn't retire and the rest of their life would be spent working rather than spending it, you know, enjoying themselves with their friends with their family. And you have to understand the principles of finance and how to manage your money as soon as, you know, at the earliest stage possible. Mm-hmm. I, I understand that really, but it needs to be taught in schools, doesn't it? Because we're now sitting with a cost of living crisis. We've got an energy crisis, um, you know, that we're, we're talking, we're using phrases like the working poor. We're, we're hearing that a salary of £45,000 a year, which would have in the past been considered a good salary, is not stretching or going far enough, especially if you live in, in perhaps London. But well, let me bring you in there because it's very interesting hearing Madeline talk about her own experience being so switched on to kind of see that her friends were making mistakes already. But this is something that Unum does on a, on a daily basis, looks at, at financial uh, health uh, and physical and mental well-being too. Isn't that right? Yeah, Absolutely. It's really important that, as, a, as, a, as I say, as a value-driven, responsible business, 
doing the right thing for our employees is of paramount importance and where a lot of our focus has been. Um, we want to make sure that, that everybody understands that we're taking this very seriously and, and that we want to help. <clears throat> Excuse me. So quite early on, we introduced a, a sort of a brand new bonus drawdown scheme, which allows our employees to, to draw down funds in a flexible way. Um, it's proven really popular. About 10% of our workforce have, have, have taken us up so that that's allowed them then to access a proportion of their bonus that would be paid next March earlier. Um, and then allowing them to use that to for additional or potentially unplanned living expenses. Um, and there's a few other initiatives that we, we have internally, a loans policy which outlines financial support for those in financial difficulty. And we're constantly reviewing that external market to make sure that our salaries um, are, are in line. And if not, then we make those necessary adjustments. Um, we run a series of webinars offering guidance and, and, and sort of money-saving suggestions. We partnered with a company called Nudge, which blends financial education and well-being together with technology. Uh, and Madeline may, may be familiar with Nudge, and, and that sort of helps support the financial features for employees. Um, the employees can sort of self-select the topics that are relevant to them, such as savings, debt management, tax, mortgages, retirement savings, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And the thing is, as well, Will, if you look at certain sectors, maybe the public sector or the third sector, maybe if, if these if they people can't benefit as much from them, it's 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 making people leave to go and work for organisations where they know that they will have some kind of safety blanket to look after them if something goes wrong. Yeah, absolutely. That broader health and well-being support has become really, really important. What, what we do in Unum um, there's, a, there's an employee assistance program, um, and that offers a range of content relating to, to finances, um, similar to sort of what Madeline's talked about. So including articles, guidance on, on managing debt, saving, budgeting, investments, um, et cetera. And that's all available through what we call a, a financial wellbeing toolkit. Um, there's other things such as a will writing toolkit, um, access, access to perks, so there's a range of retail discounts um, and cashback offers against you know, a whole host of um, opportunities for, for people to make savings. Um, and and as, as Madeline's talked about, you know, financial issues can cause stress, anxiety and depression. Um, and so this, this employee assistance programme really helps to support, counsel and help those who are struggling with the emotional impact of the cost of living crisis. Um, and Unum has a... Um, an application called Help at Hand, and that incorporates things like remote GP. This allows the employees to have access to you know, 24-7 to, to a GP through the Help at Hand app. Um, and there's other links in there, such as a wellbeing calendar. Um, so there's a series of webinars that are offered to, to, to customers for a variety of topics. Um, I think one of the recent ones we ran was financial wellbeing, which highlighted um, as we've all talked about, the impact, the financial worries that can have on your well-being, and how you can go about tackling that. And Madeline, just to bring you in again, then, what advice can your organisation give to people, um, and what changes can you actually make? I mean, do you can you actually see when someone has turned their financial health around and greatly improved their life? I've seen amazing things that people have achieved. They it, it's very nice to have a user feedback inbox that's so um, real and like emotional 
Um, I think you have one user, he um, works in a warehouse um, in the Midlands and he's really, he's quite young. He's in his early, early 20s and he has been saving since he was 17. He really wants to like co-buy a house with somebody. But the way that his salary is structured, um, it was really hard for him to get a mortgage. And he really, really connected with his coach. His coach um, was from a, a similar area to him. And um, the coach not just helped him understand, okay, this would be the financial like, uh, setup that you need to get the, the mortgage that you want. But he helped coach and say, no, actually, this, this is attainable and achievable to you. Um, to the extent where he prepped him to go and speak to his manager. With his manager, he had this very structured, very logical data-driven conversation about how he wants his compensation not to increase, but to change in terms of like the, the, the composition of it. So like the base salary, the bonus structure, that kind of thing, in order for him to be able to um, co-purchase this house. And it worked. And his manager changed his compensation. And I think it's an amazing example of, this is just like enabling people to understand how you can get the most from your finances, giving them the tools and the courage to be able to articulately explain that. And it's not that the employer had to pay him more money to be happy. It's just had to pay him in in a different way. So it was win-win for both parties. It was great for the employee. It's great for our user because he got to really progress his financial life much sooner than he thought he could. And it was amazing for the employer who's got a really happy employee um, who's more engaged, who's less stressed, who's productive. And that's the kind of um, story that I think is really, really powerful. Then when you actually see the outcomes and you see the results and you see how your knowledge and, and your idea is helping people have um, reduced stress in their lives because stress is, is just massive, isn't it, Will? It's great to hear Madeline talk about those real life examples being really close to the to to, to seeing the benefits that, that what you're doing with a purpose driven business and a purpose driven company that you're you know you've created. How do you ensure that that remains sort of front and center as as you sort of grow and get bigger and, and, and other distractions as, as as a company gets as it as it continues its life cycle? How are you you, um, approaching that? That's a great question. I mean, for us, it's almost a bit like the proof is in the pudding. We're not an NGO, we're not a charity. And that's great because that means that we can grow, we can scale and we can help more people. It means that we have to answer to investors and it means that we have to sell. And the way that you do that is by showing how great your product is, the impact it has, how much it's resonated with people, and how much they recommend it to their friends and their feedback. A lot of what we do is surveys, and then we re-surveys. So we have key KPIs that we measure, and then every three months, we of our clients, we re-measure them to be able to track. Um, things that I've learned is with finance especially, I think, you've got to really understand people's problems and then find something very specific to solve. So a lot of what we're doing as well is like digging deep. So for example, we had one company and a lot of people were super stressed around maternity and paternity leave planning. A very specific area where it has a huge um, financial impact plus emotional impact. It's not necessarily spoken about. And there isn't kind of like a, 
a toolkit to help you weigh up all the options. So in this company, we did lots of workshops looking at like scenario planning of the dynamic between somebody's maternity leave, their partner's paternity leave possibly, and um, the options that they had. You can really see it resonates. Um, and then you can, you can see the impact. On, on the other hand, I don't think, because we're also thinking like, how do you measure impact? Is it net worth? And actually it's not that. Like your net worth trending up doesn't necessarily mean you're less financially stressed and more financially healthy. Um, so it, it's a complex one, but you know, we're still a small startup and uh, super hands-on. So I feel confident in our ability to, to drive impact. I'd love to uh, bring you in, Will, as well. Just, you know, when you were starting out, what sort of financial advice were you given as a young person? Would something like auto finance have, have helped you? Yeah, definitely. I would have really benefited from 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 applications like this. And, and having in sort of previous roles launched similar health and well-being applications, it's it's that it's understanding what the benefits are for the customer. I think the way Madeline's talked about really understanding it from that perspective is key because that's how they need to be developed. Not not thinking about it from a a company and what how it's going to generate profit or revenue, but thinking about what the what the end result is for the customer. Then everything else will look after itself. And I think we see the successful companies if they adopt that approach, they're they're the ones that do that do that do the best. Absolutely. I think you were both just much more sensible than me with with money. But in business in the community's report, what if your job was good for you? It has two calls to action for employers. And I'd be really interested to know your thoughts on these. So first of all, to achieve parity between the management of physical health and safety and mental health and safety with an open and accountable culture. And if we can add financial health in here too, how do you think businesses can achieve that, Maddie? I really do understand that this is a challenge, right? Because it's not enough just to provide a service. Like it's not enough to say, oh, we've got access to auto, therefore you're good. You're, you know, you're financially well. I think it's about permeating a culture of, of everybody being a human and that being accepted, of talking like people are humans and making people feel comfortable. I mean, it's interesting with finances. We have to do quite a lot of like uh, education and communication around maybe people are not scared to talk to a financial coach. They feel like they're going to be told off by their dad. Um, they'd rather bury their head in the sand. I think it's the the role and responsibility of the providers who understand that to communicate it to employers and say, okay, these are some challenges. Like this is how we suggest you engage and like break through those challenges. Um, Another thing, I mean, I've spoken right to a lot of HR uh, teams as well. And I mean, often teams have benefits managers or wellbeing managers, but they truly really want to help i think having that focus and that like direct goal also increases uh probability of success with this um but yeah it has to be conscious it's not just going to happen for sure the second call in the report is to enable employees to co-create their own good jobs 
supported by managers and aligned with organizational practices and policies. Now, well, you've already touched on the bonus drawdown scheme working so well for one employee, but as someone responsible for change, how is this possible within Unum or, or indeed elsewhere? Yeah, I think um, the, the, the BITC principles are, are something I can I, I really like and can relate to. Uh, they're pretty much spot on. And I think the first one talks about greater autonomy to line managers, empowering them to make local level local level decisions on working arrangements for their employees. The, the second one talks about providing the appropriate working environment for all employees, wherever they work. Um, and, and and something that we've done in Unum is to sort of introduce a, what we call a team charter. So this is where teams are able to sort of get together and self self organise. And, and self-organise around the working day, um, and they hold we hold sort of monthly people manager training sessions. Where these hybrid approaches and discussions and experiences can can be talked about. Um, in change is really important because we want to adopt this cross-functional and collaborative approach. It's, it's, it's a big organisation, so trying to get the right people to work on specific programmes and projects is is difficult. Um, so being able to self-organise and having that having that empowerment is is, is really important. Um, the, the third principle, I think, in BITC talks about this time of transi- transition to encourage experimentation, um, provide opportunities for employees to try new ways of working and be part of an innovative, iterative and open approach to transformation. And I think this for me is that this is the secret and this is something which you know I've learned extensively over the last sort of 10, 15 years and what we're trying to introduce here into Unum as well. And, and it's going it's going it's going fantastically well. Um, and, and we spend a lot of time um, with our leadership team and the business to to really focus on this on this way of working. Um, and in our projects we we embrace this test and learn and experimentation approach. And and I suppose all of that made me think about what I've learned and the change principles that, that, that or mindset shifts um, that I've adopted and, and what I think about when we embark on, on, on change programmes. And this is sort of coming to five sort of categories the way, I, the way I think about it. So the first one around profit to purpose. So thinking about purpose over profit. If you do that, then sort of the, the, the financial metrics look after themselves. Um, controlling to empowering. Um, so empowering teams, empowering individuals rather than sort of delegating and, and pushing instruction down. That's really important. Privacy to transparency. Um, so being open um, in, in, in information and communication um, is, again, very important. Hierarchies to networks. So in cross-functional and collaborative ways of working, working through networks and communities rather than through that traditional hierarchical structure. Um, really tends to, to, to lead to big and better benefits. Um, and then the final one, which links back to that BITC principles, was planning to experimentation. So many times I've, I've been part of a project or a plan where you sit in a room for six months and you think you've come up with the best idea, only to sort of leave the room, launch it, and, and work out that the world's moved on. So adopting an experimental approach and, and learning as you go um, is is by far um, from from my experience the the best way of the best way of doing it. And I think it's no surprise to me that in this role I've I've been doing and in previous roles, it's those individuals that have come up to me and approached me early on in my tenure, 
or, or my role I and mean, shown that curiosity and been proactive that have ended up you know working in that working in the working in the team so I'm a, I'm a big believer in that in those have a can do attitude willing to take risks wanting to learn and develop and I think we've heard extensively you know Madeline's got all of those things um in abundance and um, I think when a company is going through a change or a transformation of a, of a significant size, there's always opportunities that that, um, that come out, and therefore the company and the employees can work together to co-create their own good jobs. Now, business in the community is encouraging businesses to go faster, braver and bolder in the decisions they're making for the benefit of people and the planet. So we're asking all of our guests to think about this in in three key ways. So how is your business being fairer to your people, greener in its treatment of the planet? And how is it working together with communities? Madeline, I'll start with you on that one. Yeah, sure. So we are a very small business. Um, I think we are incredibly flexible. So I like to think that we're a really fair um, employer. Um, we really, really, I, I feel honored for the people that work with us. I'm deeply thankful for them. And so I hope that they, that, 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 that's felt, um, in terms of greener, we are entirely virtual. Um, the people in London, we work in, we work, but we all cycle and walk. Um, and then we have other employees across Europe who all work from home. So I like to think that we, um, really have a a lower impact um yes and in terms of working together with communities i think uh we've actually um created a kind of subset of our product that is even more accessible um because we've seen it as a lot of um a specific type of worker more of a good economy worker that is even more impacted um, even more financially stressed, but incredibly impacted by the cost of living crisis. Um, and so what we've done is tweaked our product to make it more accessible to them and to suit their needs more. And that's something I'm really, really excited about. They are in an incredibly risky position. And my goal is just to build tools and give them the knowledge to be able to optimize uh, what they have and to be able to protect themselves. Wow, that is incredible. I would have thought when you work in a gig economy, you could feel very alone. So there's a bit, there's a collective, is there? And a number of networks oh, that the you can belong to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we're in a particular kind of segment um, of that. So looking at more like the people that help with deliveries. Mm-hmm. Um, the community is incredibly strong. Um, each different city, there are these massive telegram groups, WhatsApp groups of, uh, of drivers um there's a lot of help between them but things like tax are really it's really complicated and there's a lot of false information uh, and my goal is to bring like clarity and to build tools to take that burden kind away Super. Well, uh, back to that question, faster, braver, bolder. So how is Unum being fairer to your people, greener in its treatment of the planet and working together with communities? Yeah, thanks, Sarah. Um, so, so we take the commitments to being a responsible business extremely seriously, as we've already talked about. Our, our mission is to do the right thing 
for our, all our stakeholders, including our customers, employees, the communities, and and the wider environment. Um, our vision is to be recognised as the leading employee benefits provider, um, and that's to help the working world sort of thrive throughout life moments. Um, we've obviously talked about some examples already, um, but we consciously prioritise being a responsible and caring employer um, that does strive to create that healthy, supportive and inclusive place to work where our employees can thrive and obviously make human then a place um, where people want to want to come and work. So some, some recent examples on that would be publishing our gender and ethnicity pay gap, meeting our women in finance charter representation, target rolling out a program of menopause support as well as signing the menopause work pledge workplace pledge um for greener in the in the treatment of the planet um our, our employees voted for us to support um a sort of a new environmental charity partner called rewilding britain and, and for the first time this year we we partnered with them um not just to raise vital funds but to to help and engage and educate our employees and community partners of the importance of rewilding um the planet We've also launched a voluntary carbon offsetting program um, with eco- ecology, and we've introduced an electric vehicle salary sacrifice program, and recently sort of installed electric charging points in our offices. Um, employees and businesses can use can use free of charge. And then the third the third area, um, which you talked about, working together with communities. Um, so, how we connect with our community is at the heart of our responsible business strategy. Um, Union's got a long-standing history of giving back to community partners. Um, that's through fundraising, charitable grants, and volunteering. And education and supporting young people with employability skills um, so that they can prepare themselves for, for, for moving into the, into the world of work. Incredible and great to see the work you're doing with young people. And a final question for both of you. As responsible leaders, both in your in your different worlds, what are you committed to doing more of or less of in the coming year? And I will, I know you've already talked about, about mentoring, but I'm wondering what else, what will you be giving up or what will you be doing more of? Personally, as, as I've mentioned, I, I think there's a very strong purpose-driven culture here at Unum. So I'm, I'm, I'm involved in, in many aspects of, of, of supporting, of supporting that, 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 that outlook and that, and, that, and, that, and that way of working um, through the mentoring and, 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 other, and other initiatives. Um, but I suppose, yeah, going back to my, to my role, it's really important that we make sure we've got those positive outcomes, not just commercially, but, but also what's good for society. And Madeline, same question to you, please. I think mine's maybe a bit more uh, abstract, but what I want to do more of is not being constrained in my thinking of how Otto can help people. It's very uh, easy to say, well, they maybe couldn't afford it or they wouldn't be interested. That's, to me, that's not a good enough reason. If I believe that there are people that could benefit, I feel like it's my uh, or Otto's purpose to find a way to, to service them and to help them. And that's what I want to focus more on now. You know, we're, a bit more established my energy into and being creative and being unconstrained in my thinking of of where Otto can go in, in that direction. 
Will and Madeline, it's been absolutely a joy to talk to you today. A really fascinating discussion on how firms can deal with change, how change, well, it's everywhere, it's inevitable, but we must look after people. We must look after their physical, mental, emotional and financial health. Thank you so much for joining us on The Lens today. You have been listening to The Lens with me, Sarah Travers. And if your business would like help to become more responsible at a time when big changes are happening across the business, social and environmental worlds, please visit www.bitc.org.uk. Thanks for listening and tune in next time.